Last week, Microsoft became the latest company to announce that all of its excuse me, salaried U.S. employees will get unlimited time off under a new policy known as discretionary time off. The changes started today and mean even new Microsoft employees don't need to wait to accrue vacation time anymore. Microsoft will offer 10 corporate holidays, leaves of absence, sick and mental health time off, time away for jury duty, bereavement alongside this new unlimited time off policy. And employees that have unused vacation balance will get a one-time payout in April. You know what? There's a couple of businesses in Canada doing the same thing. But just how does it work, and is it a good idea? Let's get into it. Dr. Rachel Pettigrew, who is an assistant professor at the Bissett School of Business at Mount Royal University in Calgary. Dr. Pettigrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> like, what did yeah. you mean? You can just take off any time you want? Yeah, I think, well, a couple of things. I think, one, it certainly reduces the administrative burden that the employer might have to manage who's taking vacation when. Um, and also, but I think they're really using it as a recruitment tool is my first thought when I heard the program. Yeah, I, I guess part of me is just like how, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're the employer, though, how do you ensure that the proper work is getting done? The amount of work is yeah. getting done. Yeah, I think that there won't, um, employees are still going to need to meet their performance requirements, right? They'll still need to be able to do their job. Um, for those who are uh, super amazing and can get their work done quickly, then they can take some time off, right? But it's not going to be in, uh, in lieu of uh, meeting your performance obligations. Yeah, so instead of getting, you know, the four weeks off year standard, if you you need more, you get more. That's just wild. Like, I'm I, like, wow, I can't even figure yeah. this one out. So uh, I, I want I want to get into the pros and cons of this. What do you see the pros of this? Well, there's pros for both the organization, uh, the employer, and mm -hmm. for the employee. Um, I, I have to say, before I start the list of uh, pros, that I ha I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just want to say, first off, we know that employees are, especially salaried employees, are love flexibility. Yeah. They love to have the ability to uh, make the call on when they can take something. Um, they love the autonomy. We know that in employees who have a sense of autonomy at work, like discretion over when and how they do their work um, are more engaged and more productive and are likely to stay with the employer um, it's great for high performers like I said they can if they meet all their requirements for first quarter then they take two weeks off right yeah. um, and in fact there's actually a secondary benefit of this for newcomers so if someone lives in Canada but has a family in a in a country of origin that's quite far away old restrictive archaic policies that required you take just one week at a time mm. would have limited uh, transportation to and from uh, your country of origin, <laughs> maybe a 24-hour visit once you get there yeah, and yeah. turn around and come back. Um, but the pros for the company are, again, some of those saved administrative costs, possibly not having to, you know, calculate um, someone's owed vacation upon exit from the organization but really i think the primary one is uh recruitment so uh having such a progressive policy if i'm applying for two tech firms um, i'm going to be more drawn to the organization that's offering unlimited time you know what uh dr Pettigrew, and let's get into that a little bit before we get to some of the cons because um more and more and i think it's obviously come out of the pandemic we've seen this uh the work from home situation hybrid situations we've seen people um 
you know, some some people loving it, some people hating it, but people wanting more of a choice on how they work and when they work, where they work. This goes right into that, doesn't it? And and and, and employer employers are finding ways to try to make uh, job offers more palatable, more exciting, more interesting, uh, especially in you know certain situations where it could be um, a tight market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think employers, uh, COVID had a number of impacts, obviously lots of negative, but also some positive ones. It's really caused organizations to reevaluate the policies that they offer, family-friendly policies, work-from-home policies, uh, uh, flexibility. And so I think they're really in a, in a point where at a bit of a precipice, I would say, um, in kind of reevaluating some of those policies. In addition, we have um, an emerging, a retiring baby boomer mm -hmm. uh, group, and then we also have young uh, Canadians or North Americans who are interested and in, have a very a different value set, right? They're they're really aiming for a flexibility and kind of a work to live rather than a, work, uh, a live to work. You know, and I think there's some folks out there who, you know, won't even take a sick day when they're sick because they're worried about taking a sick day, um, yeah. let alone taking, you know, unlimited vacation time. I mean, I think it it would be really different from person to person. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the stats, especially this Microsoft being, um, you know, headquartered in the U.S., we know that Canadians have, one, they're offered fewer vacation days, and Canada's not far behind when we compare ourselves to Europe. But um, two-thirds of people don't use all of their allocated vacation, and then a third of people, roughly, um, don't use any vacation. <laughs> so this kind of speaks to um, the organizational cultures within which these policies are offered. So if I feel feel like I'm being measured on my FaceTime, like my, you know, the time I spend at work, uh, then I'm not going to leave, right? And that is am usually amplified in times of austerity or layoffs because we don't want to do anything that's going to flag yeah. our commitment to the organization. Yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, so um, I guess those could kind of be cons. What other cons are there? Yeah, well, um, okay. So my my Pulls concern the is list. We, we see, I know, we see um, research, previous research having been done, showing that when uh, employees have discretion over vacation time, they actually take less of it than what they would have been allocated originally. So a lot of skeptics of this uh, policy actually assume that Microsoft employees will take less time than they would have been um, rightfully allocated. So if somebody had two weeks holiday, they might take you know seven days now instead of yeah. ten but the the cons are also I'm, you know, the challenge that went out reading about this was actually the name itself. So uh, we know that when things are seen as discretionary, um, that flags a choice of some kind, mm -hmm. right? So um, if I am electing to take vacation time, is that flagging kind of a different kind of perception rather than taking my allocated three weeks that are, you know, given to me in my employee mm -hmm. contract? Mm -hmm. So it, there's a, it, that discretion has a little bit of um, a perception or optics challenge in itself so i would have preferred a different name yeah. but <laughs> how, how committed are you to your job yeah. and to the work right yeah yeah um and and so if you're yeah go ahead oh, go ahead no 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, and then, and, and you touched on it, and depending on the culture of your workplace, that could also, <laughs> could also yeah. just be a big old mess. If you, if you work for a, a company that, you know, empowers you and says, you need to, you know, to get some rest, go take that time, use your days up, uh, compared to another one where maybe it's like, you know, it's a pain when you leave on vacation. That's two very different things. Yeah. And two, there's, there's two levels to that. So the organizational culture as an organization as a whole is one level. And then who you report to as a direct manager is another. So I can work for the most family friendly or, or employee centric organization who's really yay, rah, rah, go employees. Um, but if my direct manager has archaic views on, uh, you know, mental health or other mm -hmm. kinds of things, I may not take that leave because we're reliant or beholden on our direct managers for, pay increases, promotions, mm -hmm. sponsorship increases, more senior roles. So even in the most organizational, positive organizational culture, if our direct manager isn't in support, we tend not to use mm -hmm. that policy. So there's a big difference in my mind between offering the policy and whether or not it gets used. You know, Dr. Pettigrew, a number of people texting in saying, you know, this is kind of uh, comical considering the court case that's going on, I think in BC about the time theft, you know, working from home. I'm not sure if you saw that story about, well, you know, not someone not putting in uh, enough um, work from home hours and now their their boss is like okay well you know what uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that's not going to work so it's interesting but what, yeah. but what I what I think it does do and and I'm just going to go back to this and you touched on it is it's just employee and employers looking at different ways at you know attracting recruiting uh, and and possibly retaining um, you know employees um, given in given a, a very changing uh, world that we're living in, especially over the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. And as I was mentioning, if th there's a difference between offering a policy and accessing it, yeah. Um, and so that is going to be the key differentiator. If they, if an employee joins an organization with the assumption that they have access to this unlimited vacation, and when they arrive in the organization, it is in fact available, then they are committed and love it, and are um, really appreciate and are engaged with that organization, like won't leave but if they get in and it's a bit of a bait-and-switch scenario yeah. where they get in and it's actually not available or their direct manager isn't in support or yeah. it's a bit of a flag-waving policy they will actually leave the organization that'll that'll flag a bit of a um, breach of psychological contract and and they'll look to other places I mean employers are under the gun right now I mean we're seeing a shortage on workers in lots of different ways we're looking at generational differences between workers we're looking at a more diverse workforce because of increased immigration in Canada and also the need for employers to, you know, there's, we now call it the global war on talent, right? Um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to recruit and retain. Uh, we, don't, we don't want to recruit people and then have them leave in six months. We want to have them happy and stay with us yeah. too. Fascinating stuff. We'll have to keep watching yeah. uh, this without a doubt. Uh, Dr. Rachel Pettigrew joining me this afternoon. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, take it easy. Great conversation. Dr. Pettigrew, by the way, an assistant professor at the Bissett School of Business at Mount Royal University in Calgary. So apparently in Calgary, there's a couple of um, companies that are doing this. According to the website uh, monster.ca, uh, the construction services company Ellis Dawn and software provider RL Solutions already have one of these policies in place. Now that's according to monster.ca and according to the uh, news story that was put out on, on this today.